0: This week on Leather Talk, we're bringing you part two of our interview with Stephen Joyner of Dogwood Handcrafts. We'll talk about how he got into brush making, made a video for YouTube that went viral, and he'll tell us the origin of the Inception brush. All this and more coming right up. Stephen Joyner from Dogwood Handcrafts, and we wanted to find out a little bit about kind of how Dogwood Handcrafts started, but also uh, S- Stephen has seen a lot of success on YouTube, in particular decorative eggs. So let's start. With, let's start with that. Stephen, tell us about kind of how decorative egg videos
1: got went viral. Well, uh, I guess this is it's a fairly recent thing, and um, I've been doing wood-turning stuff for. A long time, but for an even longer time I've been doing YouTube, I got into YouTube in college making um, videos about minecraft, and then later, I was making videos teaching um, like uh, physics and math and stuff like that and it you know it wasn't super huge or anything. I had like a few thousand people that watched it and uh, never really made any like money from it or anything and then um I started live streaming brushes a few years ago uh. Firstly, it was a tool for people that were buying them where they could kind of see, like, oh, cool, this is like the creation of this thing that I am spending money on. And then it was um, kind of entertainment for uh, frequent customers or friends, or, you know, I think my family watches them sometimes. Never really a lot of traffic. We're talking like five or six people at a time at most. And then um, randomly over the summer, uh, a friend of mine said uh you know what's all the rage on youtube right now is people making because i work with the hybrid material a lot of the time that's the wood and resin uh, acrylic uh, combination making things out of that like big things out of that whether it's the tables or um like bowls or um a a big thing that i've seen a lot of is eggs they call them dragon eggs because i guess it's like a a fantastical version of what a, a egg would look like unlike how they're portrayed in movies where it's basically just like a um like a charred uh bird egg and um so i like i made one randomly that's exactly the same material uh that is my normal stuff it was like four inches long it's just like a, a bigger blank didn't get a ton of activity on it and so then i made a four inch egg out of the um the resin that I use with one of the, um, crane flies, which is the, the replica of the Jurassic park, uh, cane topper. And that's the same, you know, the same insect they use in the movie and everything. And they are native here. And I have like thousands of them at my house every year. So I, I had a whole bunch of them over the summer. So I put one in this egg and uploaded it. And for about a month, nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, A lot of things happened really, really fast where I was getting like the number of views went up exponentially every day. And I, not a slow exponential, but like a crazy one where I went from getting like less than a hundred views a day to more than a million views per day on this one video. And, um, my, my channel went from 4,000 subscribers to it's now at 57,000 subscribers after all the craziness. That was over about a 28 day period where just every day it was more and more and more. And then one day it just fell off. And um, the algorithm had spoken. And my, it, it was like, it went from being all across the world, primarily in Southeast Asia to eventually making it in the United States on the front page of YouTube. I had my family and my coworkers calling me saying that they had seen my video on there. <laughs> there was um, like five minute craft, video not the five minute craft but like the five minute long craft video channels had copied it and re-uploaded it for their uh, their channels i guess to make money on it it was everywhere and then and so i, I started putting out more videos because i was like all right you know you get about um a hundred dollars per thousand youtube views i think is that right did i say that right no 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 sorry it's ten dollars per thousand I think that's something like that. It's, it's a thousand dollars per million. So whatever that uh, divides to, And um, I was like, Oh my God, I could like quit my job. I could, I mean, this would be amazing. I could just make these eggs and things for the rest of my life and whatever. And then it just tanked as quickly as it picked up. Uh I was making videos to try to keep up the momentum, but it was, it was gone you know, the the algorithm takes the one video and then and the rest just don't get picked up. So that's what happened with that. But it's still, I mean, it's, it's made a ridiculous amount of money and I can't emphasize how little work I put into this. Like the video <laughs> was, it was one of my earliest ones that I had produced. So it's not cut great. Um, there was no narration. I just put, like I had the sounds of all the equipment and then I eventually put in a song because it was like a lathe, uh going at twenty times speed with a fan in the background mm-hmm. just sounds like a high pitched whirring. It's the most annoying sound ever. So it, it's not a good sound for a video. And um and um so but it it I mean it was it was a huge huge windfall for me in terms of like I I mean it was just amazing. It was like winning the lottery mm-hmm. but it's 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 still getting like thousands of views per day the original video is, and I haven't done anything with it. It's still mm-hmm. going. There's still people correcting me on things and criticizing me or they all make the same joke. And I translate in Google, every comment that comes in. And I mean, 90% of the comments are translated to, wow, I bet that mosquito is really dizzy. He's probably going to throw up. <laughs> like it's a, it's a joke that crosses all lingual barriers. <laughs>
2: That's it. That's uh, it. Everyone has to be a comic, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a great experience. Like, I woke up every day, like, rushed on my phone and felt like like an internet celebrity. And uh, it was, I mean, it was really cool. It's pretty much over now, but uh, (laughs) I'll always remember, like, that one, the literal 15 minutes of fame that I had. Awesome. So, obviously, you know,
0: you know a thing or two about turning – (laughs) <laughs> turning objects but brushes in particular how long have you uh, either, either been to woodworking or turning brushes in general
1: yeah i um so I, I i used to work on straight razors i got into that to make the the handles the scales for them and then i kind of moved into like working on the metal and stuff and um eventually it wasn't really enjoyable for me anymore and um i i had gotten a lathe to make pens because i had i had a coworker who was really into pens who had kind of like showed me the ropes on that and um and so some a, a previous customer who is someone i'm still in contact with now which is really cool he still like participates in a lot of my releases um and asked if i could make a brush handle to match his razor that he had commissioned and so i was like you know it's gonna be a completely different from from the pens but i'll give it a shot and so i got everything that i needed for that and it i mean looking back now it's a really really bad looking handle the the finishing and everything on it was fine i guess but just like the shape of it everybody's first brush handle kind of as a rule looks like crap and mine was no exception and um and i for a long time i i put the lay of the way after I moved and, and wasn't really interested in it anymore. And then um, kind of on Reddit, I, um, I started, you know, there was, I have a lot of friends in the shaving community and everything. And people had asked like, Oh, it'd be cool if I could get this kind of handle with these colors. Cause at the time there was not a lot of people doing custom brushes, you know, there, I mean, there's not, I mean, there's more now, I guess, but uh, there just weren't, weren't as many. And so I had, started making some for friends and that's when i really got into the the hybrid material that i do i i'd gone to the woodworking store to pick up supplies for pens and for um brushes and stuff and i saw the 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 hybrid ones and uh it really like spoke to me as a as a medium but i really wanted more flexibility out of it or variation that you can't really get when you're just buying pre-made stuff and uh that's I mean it's been going crazy ever since then like ever ever since then I have not been able to keep things in stock, which is um it's crazy to think about you know uh there's there's companies that um like are you know, i you know I make shaving soap with my girlfriend and our shaving soap stays in stock for the most part, but the brushes sell out in like a matter of minutes so it's it's crazy to see um that kind of success on something that I'm, that I'm just like making in my free time. Oh, And
0: before we forget, what is the name of your girlfriend's soap company? (laughs) So
1: I I, I do co-own and help with um, Southern witchcrafts, which is shaving soap, aftershave, uh, perfumes, uh, bath soaps, and our line is always expanding and we're always working on cool new things. Um, so my girlfriend is Courtney. She is the creative genius behind that. She's been on um, John's show on the uh, under the uh, the Latherhog Instagram thing. Uh, she did a Ask Me Anything interview on Reddit that was very entertaining. I know since I have a stake in this, it's going to sound self uh, uh, like aggrandizing or whatever, but she is a visionary and a genius in in sense. And I don't say that lightly. There are very few people that uh, whose products I've experienced that I feel that way about. And I try to be vocal about it because, like, I think that um, endorsing someone and their ability is important to you know, like, lift up their art and make it available for people. And she, every every person says the same thing. She is doing things with sense that nobody else is doing, and I think that's really important. It's important to have. A, a style and stand out and not just be doing what everyone else is doing, so it 's really cool to be partnered with her on on that stuff and i can 't i can 't um, emphasize how little I have to do with the creative part of the soap making, none at all uh, it 's all all her, and I just try to keep the ship running smoothly and um, she 's a very very impressive lady and i'm i 'm proud to say that I was the one that introduced her to wet shaving and uh and she really took the ball and ran with it so i i forgot if i told you
0: uh when i spoke to you and courtney last you know last year but i i feel like here's a good place to share it in that that's when i used first used i forget which scent it was but either way first first go with southern witchcraft soap. it helped me break my preconception about the tallow versus vegan thing and i think that part was oh, yeah. crit- critical because like i i you might, you might have sent me a sample actually. And mm-hmm. I, I used it and I should, without looking too much into it and only afterwards realized, Oh wait, that wasn't tallow soap. And that, you know, kind of f- firmly, you know, put me on that path to like, okay, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I might think, Oh, you know, vegans this way and tallow this way. Like, no, that thing had be like, if you didn't tell me, I would just
1: tell everyone that it that was a tallow soap. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, um it's pretty cool. And that's, you know, the formulation is all, um all her doing. I, try to give feedback on things but you know I've I've never really been much of a uh, like a software guy I was always really more on the hardware side like the brushes and razors and all that stuff so it's it was a totally alien thing to me when we started it but um, it's there's there's been a lot of advances that have been made in the field since we put our product out and so you know in in the we plan to adapt it to kind of, um, keep, keep up with a lot of the like really, really high end stuff that's come out. But I think at the, at the time and, and still now it is, um, it's, it punches well above it's, uh, it's pay grade, I guess, you know, for, for what it costs and, um, the ingredients and everything. She's done a great job of making something that is, um, both very easy to use but very very high performance and what you said about blurring the tallow vegan line is something that we hear on numerous occasions and that's that's really really cool it's the greatest compliment that you can get as a vegan soap company is i couldn't even tell so it's (laughs) You wouldn't, as a tallow company, want to say want to hear, "Oh, this is just like a vegan soap," but the <laughs> the the opposite is very flattering. Yeah, that's you know, we talk
2: we talk about this like like being into you know uh you know being into food um a lot you know a lot of like um vegan oriented chefs will just be like, "Oh, you should taste this burger. It tastes just like beef," you know. And, yeah. And a lot of times you are like, "No, it 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 doesn't." You know, let, let's be objective. It doesn't. Right.
1: Never. And, yeah. Never have I ever heard this steak is remarkably like tofu. Yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely. You know, or or things like that. I don't know even if it's a hot take. I think if you can't create a a lather, then it's probably on you more than it is on the Yeah, And at at the end
1: of the day, almost anything that you can buy will be perfectly serviceable for 99% of people Mm -hmm. barring some weird allergy or inability to, to use the product. And um, at the end of the day, it's really just splitting hairs um all all the soaps the the top end of the market is very crowded in performance i really think that with most of the soaps if you were to evaluate them blinds not knowing what they were with no sense or anything or any preconceived notions about the label or how it's been rated by someone else there would be a lot of ties and a lot of i don't really know which is better or it's better on this day cuz i happen to do something slightly differently
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's yeah, I mean, I I just buy based on what I think smells the best because it all works fine for me personally. So I don't chase that for at least for my own use. I don't chase uh the performance at the at the cost of everything else. But, but I I understand people have different philosophies about it and for some the performance is uh, the only factor and the the scent and packaging and everything else might be secondary. But I you know, it's very impressive to see companies that can really tie all that together and get the amazing performance with all the the visual aesthetic and um and the smell in there as well
2: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
1: <laughs> and Courtney has um I mean she came to me and said, "Hey I'd really like to try making some brushes for Southern witchcrafts that would be more you know like that spooky theme to them. because mine are definitely not that maybe a couple of them have been but on the whole uh it's not really it doesn't really fit in there and um I was amazed at how quickly she took to it having the so this is a funny story that um not a lot of people know about but she used to take my scraps from brushes. Imagine it's like a big, like a uh, piece of plastic that had come off the bottom or the side or something. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like yay big. And she would put them on the lathe and just round them until they were a disc, and then drill holes in them and polish them as uh, artisan buttons. And each one would take her like an hour or two to make. And I was like, this is not sustainable. <laughs> like people are not going to pay like fifty dollars for a single button. He was like, I don't care. They're amazing. And she would, you know, if buttons came off of her clothes or for her work uniform, she would use buttons made of like my hybrid material. It would be, you know, like a $50 button on her, (laughs) on her uh, work uniform. And uh, so from there, she was able to turn, take that limited turning experience and put out brushes that I mean, honestly look better than most people's first, what five, 10 brushes. And she was able to do pull off like complex pores and casts. She did some techniques that like I've talked to seasoned brush makers about. I was like, oh yeah, she did this thing with it. I've never seen anyone do that before. And their minds are blown by that, um, that intuition that she had. So I, I know it seems like I'm excessively tooting both of our horns tonight, but um, some, some people do things that will really surprise you with their abilities. And so there's a lot of people clamoring for her to put out more brushes. But, you know, it's the sort of thing where um, the inspiration really has to be there. She doesn't want to make the same thing twice. She wants to really, you know, flip uh, all the preconceptions on their head every time and make something that's going to blow people away with its novelty. So I'm I'm always encouraging her like, hey, you should make more brushes. People are desperate for them. But, you know. So uh, I, I think the more people she hears from, maybe the more likely it is that she'll uh, put more stuff out there. We
0: previously talked about your love of kind of casting things into the actual brush, into the resin. And I think one story I'd love to hear about, or at least for you to share with folks, is the Inception brush or brush perception
1: brushception. brush-ception. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, okay, I mean, that's, it's a logical extension of anything that you do that can be made in a meta way. Like, I used to make, um, like, computer-type things in Minecraft. Everybody everybody would always say, when are you going to make a computer in Minecraft that can run Minecraft? Like, people just love that that inception, like you say, that that Russian doll nesting of things. And so, once I had started putting things in brushes, it came up a lot. When are you gonna make a brush in a brush and uh and honestly, I didn't think it was doable for the the reason being that like if you if you have if you say take a badger brush and put it submerged in water look at all the air bubbles that come out of it it's a lot, and it's a lot for the resin to deal with filling in all those cavities and then uh the other problem is you either have to put a regular size brush in a giant brush or make a tiny brush in a regular size brush. And so I opted for the the latter of those. I, I turned a tiny, tiny uh, Simpson chubby style on a, um, out on a lathe out of the, the Paladin uh, disco stock that they use that a lot of people use, I guess, but they're uh, popularized it. And I hand, hand tied a seven millimeter, um, synthetic knot that was just a total disaster like i i took a good one and i cut pieces off and tried to cram it in there i don't know how people do that it was horrible i fully expected that all the bristles were just going to shoot out of it as soon as i got it in the mold and um i live i live streamed that process of the turning it and everything it, i mean it was tiny the thing is the size of um like a, a, almost a little bigger than like a pencil eraser it's very small and um I, I cast it in my normal style, where I you know I pour half clear, I put it in, then I poured the other half clear, and then I took um, more of the disco uh, for the top, glued it together, and and turned it in kind of a, a with cast brushes. you can't always make them in the in the normal shape that you would because you have to work around the object because if you hit the object it comes too close to the outside, it's gonna be a disaster, and then the shape of it will uh, diffract the light and affect how the object looks and so if you have something that's like perfectly spherical it's just going to magnify it but if you have something that's elongated like a brush handle usually is it's going to make it really like short and fat basically is how it looks so the the brush looks very very chubby and very wide when it was made in a normal proportion so in retrospect that's something that i you know should have taken into consideration and then um at the uh the maggot meat in uh, 2018 i got a matching knot for it and the brush and a brush is complete and uh it was crazy experience the next thing to do with it of course is to uh cast it into a giant blank and make a uh, um 75 i have the 75 millimeter knots the yaki monster knots making a brush in a brush in a brush and (laughs) i just haven't had i i would need to use um i mean close to like a half to three quarter gallons of resin for that and i'd only get one, one shot at it yeah. and it's it's um i haven't been courageous enough to do it maybe someday yeah. I, I still have it i bring it with me to all the shows all oh, nice! The, nice. shows all the meets and all the yeah. all the events that we do um you know everybody has their price so like maybe someday i'll sell it but i haven't had a uh you know it's really really cool and i don't want to make another one so i've been hanging on to it until i get that offer that i can't refuse so one million dollars <laughs> i would definitely do it for that <laughs> i would easily <laughs> one million i'd make another one immediately after that okay <laughs> oh yes yes oh, how man. many can i put you down for <laughs>
2: I guess you know any vision for for twenty twenty as far as um you know maybe doing something different you know within the hybrid brushes maybe you know I, I know that like a lot of your brushes are you know kind of lean on a similar on, on one type of shape maybe possibility of like different shapes you know with it or or I don't know is there's I guess just like a general vision for twenty twenty for, for yeah, handcrafts
1: twenty twenty I'm looking to really increase the um amount that I'm able to do I've really streamlined the process and I have um like a lot more ability to batch things than I did in the past so I can do you know whereas I used to do a brush a day at most or on a weekend maybe two I can do now like easily twice that uh you know I've done I last I guess was it last weekend or the weekend before I did like five brushes in a day that was And I think uh, there was a time I did seven. So, I mean, it's a lot more than it used to be if you think of one a day. And um, so I'm really just trying to get them into the hands of everybody that wants them before I try to do anything too crazy. Because as it is, you know, for Black Friday, I had uh, I put up a wait list and there was like 33 people that I had on that list. And so that was kind of like, okay, that's how many I can sell in one day if everybody has access, but I still get requests daily of when I'm going to do that again. So that, that clearly did not meet all the demands. And so I need to keep working to uh, make sure that they're as available as possible. But I would like to get into, you know, I I mostly stick with the same wood. I'd like to try some other woods and see kind of how they do. um, See what I can do. Like, you know, the the shape thing, the it's funny the reason that i only usually do the same one or two shapes is that when i do other ones people complain and so i go back to for doing sure. that one it, it used to be you put in an order it still is you put in an order for the colors you want and i would just make whatever with that but it's the few times that i experimented with doing other shapes i had to do refunds uh and redo them because they wanted the ones that they saw in all the pictures of course so it's it's kind of this um like. Uh, self propagating cycle that i've created where I did those early ones in that way, and now I kind of have to keep doing them like that to keep people happy so and you know it I guess that is what it is i I'd kind of like to work more with um some non hybrid stuff as well just because it's nice to switch it up sometimes and the, the process is so much shorter and easier when it's like all acrylic or all wood you know um and i i have all these abilities that I've, that I've learned that it's a shame to not, you know, to only use them in that one thing. So I, in in that way, I'd like to do more of the eggs I've been doing, um, like improving my, my bowls and and things like that. It's just, it's always nice to do something different. Anybody that does the same thing every day likes to break out of it every once in a while. And it's, it's very refreshing and it, in in a way can, improve your skills at your main, your main job. So
0: uh, before we sign off for budding brush makers, is there one piece of advice that you wish you knew uh, when you were starting out that you would share with someone wanting to get into brush making?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I don't think this necessarily is limited to that with anything that you're creating your first x number amount your first 5 10 20 and some things even your first 50 are not going to be worth selling it takes a significant amount of time to go from nothing to this has value and so what what the mistake that i have made many times in my life is thinking that i i did something and now this is like the best it's going to get and i should try to profit on it or i should present this as a finished product but design in art and anything else I, my belief is that it benefits from iteration and so the more times that you do something you know it makes sense the better it's going to get so my the takeaway is don't sell your do not sell your first brush don't sell your first five and if you can hold off until your first 10 or 20, by then, they will start to be good enough to sell. But it's, it's, it's hard. You see it with rose-tinted glasses, your first thing, like, wow, I made this. But it's not fair to your customers. It's not fair to you. Um, ho- hold off. Improve yourself as, a, as an artist and a craftsperson uh, and let your, let your style start to emerge from your work um rather than you know not everybody is going to be harper lee that writes kill a mockingbird and then waits what like 80 years you know and that was like that one hit wonder is good enough odds are that's probably not going to be you you're probably going to need some practice you're going to need time to improve and you need to give yourself time to fail before you can improve there is no knowledge and improvement without that making tons of mistakes and learning from them. So that's in, in anything in your life, I I think that is an important thing to do. And um, it's, it's hard to make yourself hold off when everyone else is telling you this is great. You should monetize it. It's usually, you know, that you might be able to, but it's in your best interest to hold off and do it when the time is right.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's some really valuable advice. Like you said, it's applicable to really any creative endeavor. So thank you so much for sharing that. And again, uh, Stephen, I want to thank you for your time for coming to talk to me and Gerard today. Um, it was great kind of just hearing, you know, hearing funny stories, hearing inspiring stories and just kind of a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on, uh, you know, in, in your work at Dogwood Handcrafts, so uh, I do want to wish uh, for you and Courtney for Southern Witchcrafts that 2020 uh, is a successful year, and that uh, I'm just really looking forward to see what you guys have um, to, to put out in the coming months.
1: Yeah, same, and likewise you guys with the uh, with the show. It's it seems like it's doing really good, and um, there's there's definitely a uh, like a, a, a void that you guys are filling, and uh, I'm glad that you know that it's you guys doing it and not somebody who isn't good at it so there, there you go but uh, i appreciate the kind words and uh hopefully hey you know i'd love to see courtney on here sometime she's you know she's a character so and i look forward to see the other guests that you guys have for this year all right well that's a wrap everyone thank you for
0: listening to Lather talk and we'll catch you next time take care thank you for listening to Lather talk to see Stephen's brushwork, please check out Dogwood Handcrafts website or on Instagram at Dogwood Handcrafts. You can find John at Latherhog on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can find Gerard on Instagram at Hey Gerard Shaves. If you enjoyed the episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you, and we will catch you next episode.